Hello, this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic medium and intuitive, and I'm coming to you from Humboldt County, which is in Northern California, where the redwood trees meet the ocean. Aloha, my name is Jude Lynch, and I am a psychic intuitive energy healer, hailing from the island of Kauai, the garden island of the Hawaiian island chains. Welcome to Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Hello and welcome to episode 24. This is Patty and Jude and I are discussing extraterrestrials on this podcast. Extraterrestrials are conscious life forms from other planets and dimensions. This is a topic that we have been talking about since day one on our podcast and preparing to bring to you. And Jude has been a little reluctant, but today she's feeling bold and we're going to dive right in. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it to you, Jude, and let you start it off with describing what ETs are and how they show up to you. So yeah, I definitely have had some reluctance in sharing my testimony about extraterrestrials and aliens and other life forms in other dimensions. I think it's because I've been having these experiences far before it became part of our mainstream. I was having experiences at a time when it was very taboo. And the few times I did try to share, I felt a lot of judgment and side eye and questioning of my sanity. And so I really conditioned myself to stuff a lot of that away and be very particular about who I share this information with. I've noticed over the last 20 years or so, the concept of extraterrestrial existence is more injected into the collective consciousness through what's happening in the media on the television, you can find a show at any given time about UFOs and ETs, and you can go online, plenty of YouTube channels, and all kinds of information available on the web. A lot of eyewitness alien encounters that have been compiling for many decades now. And so I feel like the world is a little bit more open to that. And what I've had to do is get over my fears and hangups about being a little more open about it. And what I've noticed here in the last few years, at least, is there are a lot of people having ET experiences and they as well don't feel as comfortable being public about it. And I think this conversation should open up. I believe that probably there are a lot of you listening who have your own personal experiences and maybe this will be validating to some of the things that you've perceived. I've had about 40 years of experiences that I've pieced together to kind of get an understanding as to what I believe ETs are, why they're here, why they interact with us, and what the purpose of us knowing about them are and how that relates to our future. What I'm going to share with you is really my personal take on it from my firsthand experience. I know that there is so much more to know about them than I'm able to offer you. I'm going to share with you the experiences I have, and I guess we'll go from there. Well, this is great because this is going beyond the question of, do you believe that ETs are real? A lot of people just kind of have trouble answering that question, and you're going to take it beyond whether they're real or not and into why they are here and why they connect with us and what the purpose is which is amazing. For me, I've talked a little bit about my dad in these podcasts that my dad was very psychic. And he was one of those people that didn't talk about his experiences a lot. But we were as kids sitting around one day and he pointed out a ship. You know, he said, oh, there's a spaceship, whatever he called it, an alien craft, UFO flying across the sky. And we asked him a couple questions. And he said to me, 
Patty, you need to watch out for them. They're assholes. And I thought that was really interesting because first of all, the fact that he pointed out a UFO and called it that. Secondly, the fact that he verified that they are real. And then thirdly, that he knew of them or had experiences with them was really amazing to me. And he was one of those people, and I know you're like this, Jude, because I've been with you when you've done this, that could just be pointing things out in the sky continually throughout the night. Things that I either had never noticed or probably hadn't seen, and he would just spot them right away. And he had moved out into the desert when I was probably 16 or 17. And had told me that he had a lot of experiences with ships coming and meeting the people out in the desert. And I know a lot of people tend to see spacecraft pretty clearly in the desert. Do you know why that is? I think the atmosphere is more clear. <laughs> I mean, that seems oh. like the obvious point, but. Oh yeah. And I guess less light pollution probably right. too. I do believe that there are some hot spots, and it's interesting because I've lived in different areas that are considered hot spots. Weirdly enough, where I grew up is a hot spot in northern New York on the Canadian border. There were tons of UFO sightings up in that area and the area that I lived in California prior to moving here. And I don't see them as much in Hawaii. And a lot of the reason is, is because it's a tropical climate. We have a lot of clouds in the sky. I do see them plenty here. Don't get me wrong. I just don't see them as much as I did in the California mountains. What makes something a hot spot? It's a little more than just your ability to see things clearer, correct? Right. I have no idea. I mean, who knows if there's some kind of government thing set up there, if there's some sort of energy vortexes in those certain areas that they're attracted to or more open to. I don't have a real answer on that one. But I do know that those areas have been known to have a higher quantity of sightings. Yeah, interesting. So why don't you start by telling me about your first sighting or your first experience? My first conscious experience didn't happen until I was 21 years old. And after that first experience, that's when I woke up to understanding that I had in fact been having experiences my whole life. I just didn't know exactly what they were. So I'll start with when I was 21, what happened. I had just had a baby. I was living in Boulder Creek, California. I was out on the porch. We had this deck outside and it was kind of flanked in redwood. So there wasn't a huge opening up in the sky, but it was like a beautiful, crisp, clear night. I was outside by myself, kind of contemplating, gathering my thoughts about all the things. You know, I just had a baby. Wow, life is different. I'm so young. My whole life will never be the same. You know, I was kind of processing everything. And I suddenly got this overwhelming feeling about aliens. I don't know how to describe it to you. It was just like, I couldn't get it out of my head. I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was like, I'm trying to think about something else, but the only thing that's prevalent is I keep getting this feeling like I want to think about ETs. So I start contemplating it. And at this point in time, I had seen countless craft in the sky. And up to that point, my thought about it was when I would see these craft flying through the sky that I didn't know what they were. I didn't know what was driving them. I don't know if there was something driving them or they were just anomalies floating through the air. I didn't know if they were government things. I can tell you that not everybody could see them because there was multiple times I tried to point them out to people in the previous few years and nobody could see them. If you put yourself in my mindset at that time, I didn't understand what I know now, which is that 
you had to have the ability to see within certain fields of frequency in order to see them. Not everybody had that open vision and I did. And that's why I could see them. I could see them during the day. I could see them during night. And there were periods of time where I felt like I could see a number of them at any given point in time in the day. And as I started to get more control over my psychic abilities that started filtering out where it wasn't so intense and I was seeing them all the time. It would only be more on occasion. There has always been this interesting anomaly that happens. It'll be like I'm sitting outside and I describe it like when somebody reflects a light off of a mirror and shines it on your face and it makes you look over. And I'm sure all of us have experienced that at some point in time. That's exactly what happens to me, but it's coming from the sky. And so I'll look up in that direction because I'll see a light, what feels like shining right on my face or flickering in my face. And I'll look up and sure enough, there's a UFO there. And this is always how it's been. And I've come to learn over the years, it's like their way of communicating with me or grabbing my attention or letting me know that they're there. They want to be seen. It's never an accident. I don't think I ever accidentally see them. I feel like if I see them, it's completely intentional. So at that point in time at 21, I didn't understand that. I just saw things in the sky and I didn't know what it was. So here I am on the porch in Boulder Creek. I'm thinking back to these things that I see in the sky and I'm thinking, could there be aliens in there? Like the only aliens I had ever really heard about were the classic Area 51 grays with the big heads and the big black eyes or little green men with antenna or whatever we want to say that they were. Pop culture says aliens are. And so I'm thinking, could that be, could that possibly be? And all of a sudden, it was like this telepathic transmission started and it grew and grew and grew in a matter of a a few moments. It was like I got swallowed up by this transmission and I felt like I was shrinking into the simplicity of a one-celled organism and that there was a higher consciousness looking at me that was so intelligent that I can't even give human words to describe the level of knowing that this conscious energy I was feeling had. And it was a very unsettling feeling. I felt very minuscule. And I've tried to describe it many times over the years. And I was like, it was like if I was a one-celled organism underneath the biggest microscope you've ever seen. And as I'm kind of sinking into a little bit of this fear and anxiety of feeling this, I heard this high-pitched ringing noise, which sounded metallic to me, very, very high-pitched, like something you'd imagine like a dog whistle, something only certain creatures could hear, but yet I could hear it. And in front of me, this light starts manifesting, and within the light, three aliens showed up about five or six feet in front of me, and they were tall about six, six to seven feet tall. They were definitely taller than me. They were gray. They had big giant black eyes, long skinny limbs. They manifested in full physical manifestation. And as they manifested, they began telepathically pummeling me with all of this information. And from my experience, I became paralyzed and Though it had a physical sensation, it wasn't painful, but it definitely was very uncomfortable. And in my mind's eye, all I could see was like a strobe light of 
infinite images flashing through my mind, just more images than I could even count, tens of thousands of images. And all of this happened in a matter of a few seconds. It probably took all of 10 or 15 seconds, but it felt much longer. It was almost like time had slowed down. Images of what? The images were of them, of the planet. I saw flashes of the entire evolution of the planet from when no humans lived here to when humans lived here and all of the progress through time. I saw them. Um, I saw ETs. I saw the cosmos. I felt like at points I was seeing snapshots through our entire universe, different planetary systems, all kinds of crazy. I mean, it's so hard to quantify, to be honest with you. It was so fast and the little teeny snippets that I could grab for you and explain to you now are just what was probably the things I was familiar with because I feel like less than 1% of everything I saw was something I could relate to from my experience at that point in time. And the rest of it was just like way over my head. Yet I felt like it was being downloaded and injected into my consciousness, into my psyche. And so this happens and it's so overwhelming and physically intense and it was painful, but not in a really torturous way. It was just, it definitely had a, a strong physical, almost violating sensation to it. And all I could do was scream back at them with my mind, I am not ready. And I mean, I screamed it, but I didn't scream it out loud. It sounded like it was like, I am not ready, you know? And uh, they stopped and then they fizzled out the same way they came in and then they were gone. And I was just sitting there just stunned. And I think that the whole experience lasted all of 30 seconds. As I was digesting this experience over the next rest of my life, the little tidbits of information that I could grasp in my conscious mind were that they were saying to me, you need to know that we exist, that we're real, and that we have everything to do with why you're here and what's happening on the planet. They told me that their technology was far, I mean, they told me a lot about their technology, but it was far beyond anything that I could ever explain to you. But the piece that I did grab was that however light travels is the way that they travel. Like somehow they were able to harness that dimensional plane that light travels through because it moves so fast and, and that they were able to travel in that spectrum. Um, they were more intelligent than anything that I can tell you. I felt like, imagine the most intelligent computer you've ever imagined times a million. And the other interesting thing was, is I didn't feel like they had any emotions. It was purely intelligence. It was pure science. It was almost like numbers. Their aura actually felt very rigid and sharp to me, not in a bad way, but where human auras are very ethereal and almost smoky and diffused, their energy was sharp and almost mechanical and rigid and scientific and calculating as far as like a calculator or, or something like that. It's very hard for me to find the words to describe it. And at that time, it was so beyond anything that I'd ever known. It was very hard for me to understand what was happening. And then they left. And then that was it. And then I was left with that experience that changed a lot of things for me. It really expanded my universe and opened my mind to understand that there's a lot more going on than I can even begin to grasp. So that was my first experience. Your first. That's such a Yeah. <laughs> it was a doozy. <laughs>
when my kids were younger, they would say, mom, do you believe in, in aliens and UFOs? And I would say, of course I do. And they would all laugh and, you know, think that was a big joke. But I think it would be pretty self, I guess you'd call it self-absorbed for people to believe that we are the only intelligent, conscious life form that is just us and that's it. And, you know, if you look back in history, there are so many ancient cultures that have hieroglyphs and cave paintings of beings coming from other planets or sky beings coming down and assisting and bringing information that I'm kind of like, of course there are other beings. It's kind of like a no brainer to me. And there are so many people that are frightened of it and don't want to talk about it or just think it's way out there. I know you don't because you have experienced it firsthand, but it really makes sense, I think. You know, I'll say even at that time at 21, I had a healthy dose of skepticism. I saw craft in the sky and I was still being like, I don't know what's driving those. Sure, you know, we've heard aliens and all of that, but did I really believe it? A hundred percent. No, I was open to it, oh, but I, I wasn't like, those are aliens, you know? I'm one of those people, for as psychic and as open as I am, I don't believe anything till I pretty much have my own firsthand experience. So, um, I'm the opposite. I believe in everything, and then I just invite it in and wait for it to come. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a second half to the story that's kind of going to jump ahead a number of years, but so that happened when I was 21. And when I was about 35, I was living in Northern California at this time. And there is a shaman that lives in the area that I was living in. I didn't know him very well, but I used to have a store in California in a small community. And so pretty much everybody would drop in there at some point in time. And he walks in and he starts just telling me this story, just out of the blue, unprovoked. And he says, I was down in South America. I had just finished doing a ceremony and I was sitting outside and I heard this high pitched ringing noise and these three gray, tall extraterrestrials showed up in front of me and they asked him if he would like to know all the secrets of the universe. And he said, I thought about it. And then I said, you know what? I don't think I'm ready. And then they left. Well, my jaw was on the floor because I hadn't really told anybody that story. And that is about as verbatim to my story as you can imagine, except I wasn't given a choice. I literally said the same words. I'm not ready, but I screened it. And uh, same, the metallic high-pitched noise and the three grays that showed up. And so I told him, oh my gosh, I had the same experience. But it wasn't until I was 35 that I realized perhaps what the information that they had given me, like, I always thought it was a peculiar experience, but I never understood why it happened fully until that moment now. And I'm not claiming that I had been given all the secrets of the universe, but that was how he said it. And so I understood the value of that experience and the kind of download and the content of that download. And it really put into perspective the whole of my experience over the last almost 15 years up to that point that, wow, if I were to inspect a lot of my intuitive insight that I've had over the last 15 years, perhaps this is something that had been given to me that was hidden so deep in my consciousness that I, I couldn't access it, maybe but little bits at a time. I can't explain otherwise why I have kind of this extra expansive understanding of our reality that other people don't have, you know? And so part of me 
wonders if that experience is part of the reason why I have the abilities that I have now. That's a, yeah, that's a great validation. Needless to say, after I had that first experience, I became a little bit obsessed at the idea of aliens. Nothing really major happened as far as ETs are concerned for a number of years until Ancient Aliens came out, which was in 2010, I believe it came out. And that experience I had was in 2003. So 2010 comes around and I'm watching Ancient Aliens and they're talking about the Anunnaki and Giorgio Zucolo says, Anunnaki is literally translated ant friend. And I lost it because going back into my childhood, I know all of us have that repetitive dream or repetitive nightmare that we all have. And everybody seems to have that one. Well, my repetitive nightmare that I had from the time as far back as I can remember being two years old up until the time I was about 12. And I had this dream so many times I can't even tell you. I had this dream of these giant ant people. And as a little kid, as a toddler and in elementary school, I didn't have any other way to describe it to anybody except for the giant ant people. So I would wake up and I would cry to my mom. I had the scary ant dream again, the scary ant dream. And this was this repetitive dream that happened throughout my whole life. And so jump up to 2010 and I hear on ancient aliens, they call them ant people. It just was like a massive light bulb went off in my head. And I was like, oh my gosh. If you think about it, an ant's face looks like an alien's face. And when I revisited my memories of my dreams, I was like, oh my gosh, they were aliens. They weren't ant people. And so the dream was always the same. The first one I remember having was as far back as being in diapers. And the sequence of events would be, I would wake up in my bed and there would be this tall, skinny being with an ant's head standing in my room. And I would be completely frightened, not because they were doing anything, but because what I was looking at was so foreign to the reality I normally looked at with human beings and my parents and people around me. And it was like I would jump from scene to scene. I don't have a lot of memory of like what happened between those moments, but that would be the first moment. And the next moment, there would be more of them. And I always had this sense that I couldn't let them touch me because they were going to turn me into them. Because in every dream, there was a point where one of them would reach out and touch me on the shoulder. They didn't move. They stood very still. They didn't talk. But they looked very intimidating just standing there. And there would be a point when one of them would reach out their arm. And I had this knowing, if it touches me, they're going to turn me into them. And then the scene would jump to a point where I would be surrounded by them and I would get this epiphany. It was just like, oh, I get it. And even from a little girl up until my preteens, I said at the end of every dream, I get it. If we're all just kind to each other, if we're all just nice, if we all just love each other, we don't need to go through this. And that's the only part of the dream that I remember. And it's the same dream over and over and over again, with the exception of Every time I had the dream, there was always other kids with me. Like there was always somebody else I knew within my class. Some of the other kids would be there. We wouldn't be interacting, but I would always have an awareness that somebody in my class was there, a few of the kids in my class as I grew up. So my belief is that I was actually being visited and 
my way of processing that was to describe it as a dream. But in my heart of hearts, as an adult now, I really believe that I was being visited. And it makes so much more sense now as an adult because of the information you can get about these kind of insectoid, ant-looking, praying mantis-looking ETs. They're supposedly really good at like genetics and altering genetics. And supposedly, this is just stuff I've read online, that they deal with like alien-human hybrids and stuff, which I thought was interesting because I always thought if they touched me, they were going to turn me into them. That was my translation of that. And I also find it interesting that at the end, it was like they were always trying to convey to me that we just needed to live in a state of love and then this wouldn't have to happen. And I don't know what this was, but in my dream, there was always this sense of like impending doom and gloom that was going to hurt the whole planet. And that was more or less the fear that I had. And at the end, I'd always be like, okay, now I know if we just be kind to each other, we don't need to go through that. And that happened until I was 12, didn't have any more dreams or experiences until I was 21, and then probably didn't have another big opening in those experiences until I was in my later 20s. And now it's just all the time. Thank you, Jude, for sharing those experiences. That's, that's really intense. A couple years ago, I had a pretty strong meditation and I've had aliens show up, ETs show up in meditations. And I just recently have remembered um, a few things from my childhood, which is just coming up. And I was told that the earth was teetering on existence or maybe humanity was teetering on existence and that there was a huge collection of beings that were sitting together trying to decide whether we were just going to be annihilated and be done with or whether we were going to continue which was very frightening. And I have a lot of dreams where I'm sitting on a board or like there's a round table and we're discussing human life and what happens on the planet. And I'm having this, not really being interviewed, but this ongoing discussion with beings, some look human and some do not look human. And, and I can never really remember all the details, but it really reminded me of that dream when I had this meditation. And then about six or seven months after that, I had another meditation where I was told, congratulations, the humans have passed. The earth is going to continue. Humanity is going to continue. And we are going to come in and assist you that there are several alien forces that are going to come in to assist the shift in the planet and help humans move forward. And since that time, not only have I had some memories and some experiences with ETs, but I've had several clients that are remembering their experiences and remembering being taken or abducted by aliens in their childhood. And it's all coming out now. And I think it's really interesting because it's almost as if we're remembering this to be prepared for an alien visitation, which I think has already been happening, or um, that it's just going to become a little more commonly known, or we're going to meet them. It's fascinating that there are so many people that are having recall. What's your opinion on that, Jude? Have you seen that with clients? 100%. I agree with that. And I didn't actually know that you had those sets of dreams. And I do want to say, like, I think that they communicate with us in the dream space. So if you are somebody who's having 
dreams of UFOs or meeting otherworldly beings. I would look at that with a little more intensity because I think it's kind of a bridge point or a safe place for them to start making contact with us in that dream space. And I've had so many extraterrestrial dreams. And throughout all of my experiences, I feel like in a way that I have been groomed to be a liaison, to be like a mediator between these higher life forms at this point in time now. And up until I want to say 2017, the whole of my ET experience had been those tall grays. I saw some short gray ones that were maybe three or four feet tall. And I saw the ant-headed ones that I I say are ant-headed looking ones. And then there were these cat-faced ones, which I'll explain a little bit more of that in a minute, Um, up until 2017. After 2017, all of a sudden, my whole world opened up with all kinds of different life forms to the point in the last year, it's almost one after another, after another, after another. And there are so many different kinds of life forms out there that I'm sure I've barely scratched the surface. There are definitely certain ones that I see more often. It's almost more than I can even begin to explain. Like I can't sum it up to like five different ones. It's I'm always discovering new ones. I'm always having my mind blown. And I've also noticed with my clients as well that more and more people are having contact experiences. And I feel like everybody has been prepared up to this point to be woken up. And a big part of this mission of the ET mission, as I see it, is I believe a lot of the people on this planet are incarnates of these higher dimensional interplanetary life forms that incarnated into these physical vessels here on Earth to play out and partake in the mission to save this planet. And I wholeheartedly believe that. And I know that's really out there and sounds all woo-woo and all of that, but it's validated more and more through my clients. And especially when I vocalize this to them, they're not sitting there being like, wow, that's far out. They're like, I knew it. I just needed validation. Patty, I'm curious if you experience that from your clients too. Like, is it far-fetched to them? Or are they like, I knew it. I just needed somebody else to tell me. Pretty much every single one of them has known it. And I have pretty good radar on who can handle that type of information and who can't. And there have been times when I've gotten information that, oh, they're a total alien, but I haven't told that person because I've realized that they're not open to it or they can't handle it. But right now, at least recently, it does seem to be a topic that's coming up a lot and that most people are comfortable with. And like you said, um, a lot of validation there that they, they realize that and aren't surprised by it at all. Right. And, um, There are so many different kinds and each, I guess I'm going to say race or species that I experience, they all have different kind of gifts and talents that really speak true to who they are in life too. Like some of them are very technologically savvy. Some are more heart-centered healers and light workers. Some of them have a very hard time in this emotional realm because where they originate from don't really understand the complexity of human emotions. So they can tend to be kind of awkward in this human reality. So I did mention the cat beings, and that was one of the only other ones that I experienced a lot prior to 
2017. But at the time, I didn't understand them to be ETs. I just thought I was seeing something I couldn't understand. And what I would see was there's kind of a sweet spot in the auric field. Like if somebody's standing like 50 to 100 feet away, I can see their aura so much better than if they're standing 10 feet away from me or even further away. It's it, There's just like a sweet spot. In the right light, I can see almost a full manifestation of their energetic body. And every once in a while, I would see these people that look like humanoid cats. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I mean, it was cool as hell. Like, so I would like kind of walk over to those people being like, oh my gosh, what is this person I'm seeing? And then when I would get about 10, 20 feet away from them, the cat energy would fade away and they would just look like regular people. And it's not like this happened that often, but it happened a number of times over the last 20 years that I was like, okay, make no mistake. Like this is the thing and I don't know what it is. And it was over the years that I came to understand that there were these kind of like cat ETs. I believe that they had a lot to do with our ancient Egyptian history and cats were very revered in that time. And I do believe that they are these kind of advanced feline beings. And I actually looked it up in the beautiful information highway that we have now. You can literally look these things up. It's mind-blowing that you can see something psychically and look it up and there's actually information on it. But the, supposedly they're called Lyrians and they're these very advanced feline beings. And just like I had picked up, were part of our Egyptian history here on the planet. And Nowadays, if I ever see somebody that I perceive to be one of these cat feline extraterrestrials and I tell them, they 100% know. I've never told anybody this and they've been like, whoa, that's far out. Like they are like, I know. That's the first thing I'm like, I know. And the cat wow. people tend to be these like priestess, very telepathic, highly spiritual, very advanced beings. And I think almost every cat being I've ever seen or experienced. 100% know that they're a cat being. Oh, that's a trip. Yeah. So enough about me, Patty. What experiences have you had? What is your first major ET experience or one that just made you be like, yep, it's happening? Well, I'm in that group of people that are just remembering experiences that they've had in the past. In the last maybe 10 years, I've had a few uh, energy healings where they've shown up. I had an energy healing done with a Buddhist shaman and while she was working on me, my eyes were closed and there were a set of probably five or six grays, as you would describe them, just hanging over there staring at me. And I got done and she's like, wow, you had some aliens with you. And I'm like, yeah. And we kind of discussed that a little bit. And that's happened to me a couple of times where they just showed up. I've had experiences with Lemurians and I know you don't consider them ETs and we're going to have a podcast on them altogether. But I have had meditations recently where I'm not asking to talk to aliens and I'm not an alien connoisseur. I'm not a person that really understands the different types of beings. Uh, definitely not anywhere near as knowledgeable as you are. However, I was meditating and um, some grays again showed up. And at the time, it was a flashback. I was probably six or seven. And I remember boarding a ship and being told, it's okay, we're friends. And these beings weren't moving their mouth. They were talking telepathically. We're friends. We know your dad. Everything's going to be okay. And then I could feel the, I guess you call it the velocity or the 
the G's as this ship took off. But what shocked me was that there was no sound. You would think if you were in a rocket that was just taking off, how loud that would be. And I could feel the energy of lifting very rapidly, but there was no sound. And these beings, it's funny, we were talking about being touched on the shoulder. They would comfort me and let me know that everything was okay. And then they would reach out with these really long skinny fingers, one would, and touch me gently on the shoulder. And the minute that they touched me, all of my anxiety or my fears would go away and I would just feel very calm and very relaxed. And that's about the extent of my experiences on what I can remember. And that kind of tripped me out because I wasn't expecting that to come, but it was so vivid that I had to kind of trust in it that it had happened before. And then just recently, this is such a trippy story. I was sitting in my backyard meditating and I had this amazing meditation. And then Jude calls me right after. And I was telling like, Jude, these aliens showed up in my meditation and they kept trying to tell me something about my arm. And, and she's like, what about your arm? And I'm like, just from like the elbow to my wrist, they just kept talking about my right arm over and over and over. And we, we kind of blew it off because there was no answer to it. And then, Jude, I'll let you take the story from here. <laughs> it's and good. Then, and then about, I would say it was like maybe, I don't know, let's say 10 days later. Yeah, I did call you and you, you were saying that, but it just, it kind of went in one ear and out the other. I was like, oh, that's peculiar, but okay, cool, whatever. We don't know what it means. Anyways, so we let it go. 10 days later, I'm in a meditation and this ET shows up. And the ET shows up in a lot of the ways ET show up for me now. They don't fully manifest in the 3D. Now I've had a handful, a small handful of experiences where I've seen them fully manifest. Like I can't see through them. They're there. To me, they're physical. But each time that they've done that, it was unexpected and I wasn't prepared and it scared me to death. And so I'm in the meditation and I can clearly see that there's this being that I'm perceiving to be an ET in front of me. I can see their silhouette. I can tell it's an ET because of the shape of it and um, the energy and the telepathy that I was getting off of it. And so I looked at it and I said, hey, I see you. Why don't you show yourself physically to me? And it said, I won't because it will frighten you. And I was like, nah, no, it won't. <laughs> it's like, no, it won't scare me. And they said, I assure you, it will frighten you. And I said, nah, <laughs> I'm literally like, no, no, it won't. And I was like, you know, you're here, I'm here, not for nothing. But every time you guys showed yourself to me, you caught me off guard. I wasn't prepared. So that's why I was scared. But now we're sitting here, we're chatting. I know you're there. I'm mentally, emotionally, and spiritually prepared for you to show yourself. So why don't you just show yourself to me? And it said, I'm going to prove it to you. And so it moves in closer and it reaches out its arm and it puts its forearm in front of me from the the part, the elbow from the wrist down. And it fully manifests just that part of its arm for about five seconds, just long enough for me to see it in its full clarity. And I'll, I'll tell you what it looks like first. It was dark gray. And from the elbow to the wrist was like the same width. Whereas like human arms are a little bit beefier by the elbow and then skinnier at the wrist. Their arm was like 
the same distance all the way down and it was abnormally thin compared to uh, what we're used to when you see it on humans and it was a little bit longer. The skin was this monotone dark gray, which you take for granted when you're looking at human skin, you have all kinds of like moles and colors and gradations of different speckles all over the skin. And now I'm looking at something that's this deep dark gray and it's very smooth. And even the texture of the skin, um, the best way I could describe it was dried out dolphin skin. Not that I've ever seen dried out dolphin skin, but I imagine if you dried it out, this is what this thing's skin looked like. And as it manifested, I fell into this fear space very quickly. And I could hear my mind saying things like, this is not normal. This is not okay. This is disgusting. This is sickly. This is evil. And I said to it, are you evil? I command you to tell me now. If it was something that was tricking me, I didn't even want to be dealing with it. And uh, it said, I'm not evil. I'm just different. And then it left. This whole thing was just a few, you know, a few moments. And I'm laying there in the aftermath of my meditation. And I was like, oh my God, I was shook. When we say shook, I was shook. Like it was so real and so frightening. And I was so humbled that all I kept saying, if I was like, if you can hear me, I'm so sorry. I will never ask for you to show yourself physically again. I felt actually so ashamed that I had come in with this like intense judgment and projection at this entity, even though we had just been sitting there talking friendly right before it happened, based on the most inconspicuous part of their entire body. They could have showed me their finger, their elbow, their ankle, and their toe, and any other part of their body would have had more detail to it. The one part of their body that had the least amount of detail was the elbow to the wrist, which I find hilarious. Um, and the point that they were trying to make, like, we're going to show you the simplest part of our body and watch how much it scares you. So I call up Patty, like the next day, I was like, you're never going to believe what happened. And I'm telling her and she's like, oh my gosh, Jude, the, the elbow to the wrist, the alien. And I was like, oh my gosh, because I had completely forgotten. And she was like, oh, I got my answer now. And I was like, how crazy is that? Like, yeah, I, I wonder if subconsciously I'm like, no, don't show me, show Jude. <laughs> I just thought that was so weird. And she was like, Jude, I swear all week I have been looking for implants in my, in my lower arm every day. I've been wondering what the heck they were trying to tell me. Yeah, that's such a trip. Yeah. So I have an, an interesting story. I have a friend who um, went through psychic classes with me who's extremely psychic. And before she started taking classes, before she had any tools or much knowledge of, of this type of thing, she had a sexual experience with an alien and she was in bed. It was about two in the morning. She woke up and she just knew that there was a being in the room with her, that there was something there. She thought for a moment that it might be kind of merging with her. It got closer and then it started to uh, please her sexually. It wasn't a sleep paralysis, and maybe we should talk about that a little bit too, because a lot of people feel that sleep paralysis has an alien component to it. So she said it wasn't a sleep paralysis. It wasn't that she was frozen or unable to move, but she was startled and kind of just laying there still like, you know, what the hell is happening? 
happening. And she had a sexual encounter with an alien. And she said that she didn't see the being and she wasn't really able to say what it was. And then she later on heard somebody talking about sleep paralysis and aliens. And she's like, oh my God, it was an ET. She had this flash moment where she knew exactly what it was. And since then, she's a little freaked out by any type of, like, if I talk about ET, she gets a little freaked out about it. But that was a story that I hadn't heard before. Have you had sex with an alien, G? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Have you For the record, like absolutely that? not. No, I have actually heard stuff like that because, you know, being an experiencer, I've gone and listened to some podcasts and stuff, and I just want to hear other people's testimonials and see what lines up with the things I've experienced. And I absolutely 100% have never had anything like that. I've never had anything that felt like an attack of any kind, anything that felt negative. And I have heard stories of those kind of experiences and of negative experiences. And if those are real, and I'm not saying that, that it's not, I just personally have never had anything that I would deem anything other than what is for my higher and greater good. And even though that first experience was very intense and somewhat physically grueling, um, it was needed for the work that I was intended to do. That's what I feel. I guess you could argue that an orgasm serves your higher good. <laughs> well, and she said it was a positive experience. Well, that's good so, then. Good for her. Yeah. My friend at the time was pregnant too, which is another interesting factoid. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What's her child like? Does she think her child has pretty far out experiences or... He's extremely, extremely intelligent, like one of those genius type of people. I have had clients come in to talk to me about their children before, and I have read these kids and have found many kids that are experiencing their first human life that have come in as star beings or as aliens or ETs that have had lives on other dimensions or other planets and have chosen to come in and experience life as a human. And very oftentimes, these children have difficulties with their physical body. They can be somebody that's just kind of out of their body, that has difficulty sleeping, very sensitive to different types of food, um, gets ill quite often, and they usually tend to outgrow this. And it's similar to when you first come in and you're first born, how you can have a lot of past life recall and you tend to grow out of that. I feel like these beings come in and they're experiencing their first human life and it takes some time for them to get used to the physicality because a lot of times alien beings or ETs are not in physical bodies. They are a light or a vibrational frequency and they are for the first time experiencing this physical body. Then I've also had clients that come in and out that they spend some time here, then they zip out. It's like time pauses. They zip out. They report to their mothership or to their their people, and then they come back in for this experience. Have you had any clients with those type of things happening? Yeah, definitely. First of all, you know, a lot of the ETs are interdimensional beings. That's the way I see them. And I believe that there are a number of them who can shift their frequency in order to manifest physically in this third dimensional realm, but they exist in maybe a fourth or fifth dimension 
out of sequence with our dimension. And that's why a lot of people can't see them unless you have the ability to see within those dimensions. So I can imagine for a being who normally exists in a higher dimensional frequency to be stuck in this physical third dimensional frequency, it can be very jarring for them and unpleasant. And I do agree with you. I do meet some of these souls that I feel like are not used to these earthly incarnations and have incarnated only on other planets or dimensions. And they come into this physical reality and it's very challenging for them, not only in their physical body, but like I said, dealing with emotions and dealing with the complexities of emotional pain because they are not used to that. They're not used to depression and anger and judgment and jealousy and all of these things. And a lot of them don't tend to actually have those feelings. They have a harder time dealing with everybody else who's having them in addition to dealing with whatever they're feeling. I do feel like what I've noticed in the last year to two years specifically, and it's just so strange that this opened up in the last year or two, and I've never experienced it prior to this, that my theory is, is that there's all of these higher level beings from all realms, dimensions, and planets who incarnated into this earthly reality. They were stripped of their memories of their origin in order to disguise themselves within this human reality. And a lot of them in the last year or two are waking up to their true form and becoming realigned with their gifts and their powers and their connection to these higher level beings. And the same way you said, it's like they check out and they go back and they report back a hundred percent. I see that. I see that there's almost like this telepathic telephone cord. And there's a lot of observation that's happening through the people that are here. And these ETs are gathering information about our human experience and gauging our progress, you know, having eyes on the ground and eyes in the mix and reporting back that information back to these beings so that they can assist us in the best way possible. So I think a lot of people are waking up now to remembering who they were before they came into this physical body and that they came here for a specific mission. And that mission is to help humanity and this planet elevate and get to a, a higher state of being, a higher frequency. You described that really well. Good job. Thank you. Okay. I wanted to ask you about ships. I saw my first alien ship last year and I've seen little things in the sky where I've been like, oh, I wonder if that was something, but I was, this was during the day and my same friend who had alien sex, she and I were up at the river and we were there early spring Nobody was around. We just went to sit at the river and look at, at birds. And I had on a pair of highly polarized glasses. And I'm curious to hear if you think that had anything to do with it. But we were sitting there and this ship, well, it looked like an airplane actually, flew over us and it was huge. And it was shaped like an airplane, except it had two sets of wings. So it had four wings, totally two on each side. And it was gigantic and it was totally silent and way too low for something that big to be flying. And I said, holy, well, I, I won't repeat what I said, but I'm like, what the hell is that? Do you see that? What is that? And she's like, what, what, what? And she didn't see it. You know, I pulled my glasses down. When I pulled my glasses down, I couldn't see it. But as soon as I put them back on, I could see it. And it kind of shot over the mountaintop. And it was a trip. And the fact that it was so huge and so low and made no sound at all, made me truly believe that it was some type of ET craft. However, it wasn't like anything that I've heard described before. It wasn't 
You know, it didn't shoot from side to side. It flew straight on. And it just looked like a gigantic airplane with two sets of wings. So I'm curious, Jude, what, when you see these things, and I know you said that you see them as light flickering, have you ever seen them kind of show up in more of a third dimensional vessel? Yeah, I have. And I've seen so many different ones that I don't even know where to start. I've not seen one exactly like how you said. I've seen a lot of uniquely different ones. And then there's every once in a while, I'll see ones that I've seen before. And some of the ones I've seen more than once are ones that look like triangles and ones that look like long pills. And I've seen ones that have multiple lights like running around the edge of it most of the ones i see just look like orbs of light um of white orange yellow light sometimes they've been different colors most of them just show up as orbs and probably the most common one i see are the ones that flash at me like i was saying earlier like when you go see fireworks and there's these really pretty fireworks that look like glittery showers those are the ones that i see the most and they catch my eye and I'll look up and this like little glittery flicker of light will move around and then move to another area and move to another area. And every time it moves, it'll glitter at me. But as far as like specific shape, no. Now I've seen a lot of them that look like silver metallic, like perfectly spherical ball floating in the sky. Those are the ones I see more in the daytime. I think at night they would probably look like light orbs, but in the day they look like metal spheres in the sky not very big and um i've only seen one that i would consider like your classic area 51 one with like the little nub on the top and it wings out to the side but where it winged out it winged out really really far not in this like cute little ship it was like the the sides of it extended really far and i've seen that they have a cloaking energy around them. So a lot of the times, like during the day, because I'd be pointing them out to people and they couldn't see them, um, there's like almost like a plasma-y looking energy around them. And they would actually create like a plasma trail is the best way I can say it. It's like when you look at heat coming off of the road and it gets all like wavy, like a mirage, there'd be like a mirage of energy trailing behind the craft that I would see. And I believe that whatever that energy is, is part of what makes them invisible to the human eye and if you have the ability to see in that frequency then you can see them and i believe they can uncloak and cloak themselves accordingly i also want to note that it is very interesting that i spent a good part of the last 20 years pointing them out to people and nobody else could see them and then at about 2017 i think something happened at that time now when i point them out to people i've never had anybody say they can't see them prior to that Almost every time nobody would see them except for me. Do you have any, any knowledge on the thing to do with polarized sunglasses? Because I was wearing them. She wasn't. I could see it. She couldn't. And when I pulled my glasses down, it disappeared. Does that make any sense to you? I think it makes sense. I mean, the, the polarized glasses are helping you see in, in a specific you know, light spectrum that you can't see with the human eye or it's like diffusing the light in a way so you could see it. Yeah, that makes total sense to me because it's not mystical. It's scientific to me why we can't see them. We're not not seeing oh. them because they're supernatural. We can't see them because they're manipulating the frequency so we can't see them. It's, it's a science to oh, me. That's the way I see it. So 
you know, it's just like why certain animals can see in certain color spectrums and they can hear in certain frequencies that humans can't. And some humans have the ability to see and hear within those frequencies. And I think I'm just one of those people who just happen to be able to see and hear in those frequencies. Well, since I was a child, even though I didn't have experiences with ETs that I could remember until this last year, I always had the feeling that I was going to see them in my lifetime and not see them like see them in meditation or have them show up during a healing, but see a time when an alien race or several came and introduced themselves and were here on the planet. And I'm getting up there, so I'm waiting for this to happen. Uh, (laughs) But I really do believe that it's close. I'm only sharing the tip of the iceberg of some of the things I've seen and experienced. And the message seems pretty clear and direct and always has been throughout the last few decades is that it's headed towards that direction. And I've been anticipating like full contact, as we say, like a full unveiling of them. And I also feel like that's inevitably going to happen. And you know what, if we get to the end of this life and it doesn't happen, (laughs) I'll be the first to admit I was wrong, (laughs) but I feel like it's going to happen. And anytime I get into these spaces where like, am I like just my imagination going crazy, something else will happen that will reignite that feeling for me that like, okay, it's happening. And the more time progresses, the more real that possibility gets to me. And it's almost undeniable at this point. I mean, the government is even disclosing videos of UFOs and ET ships. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are coming out more and more about it. And I think we're just starting. Yeah, they're preparing us. And then one last thing I wanted to ask you about is, again, back through history, There are a lot of stories and some hieroglyphics and some things written that show that there were some positive, helpful relationships with beings from the sky or from other planets. However, I'm just stuck on my dad saying, you have to be careful about them, Patty. They can be assholes. Now, of course, I believe that there are probably very friendly, helpful, kind races of ETs, and there are probably some that aren't so much. Have you had any experiences with any that you felt were evil or negative? Not exactly. There is this race that are kind of like reptiles, and um, they have a bad rap, and supposedly there's these really evil, they call them reptilians. And even here on Hawaii, there's legend of these reptilian-like humanoid beings that used to exist here on the island, and they call them mo'o. And there's a lot of stories about some scary and unpleasant interactions that happen between the locals and these beings. And there are even still to this day modern stories, like I know people who swear that they're still having these experiences on the islands, and it's kind of people don't really like to talk about it, but it's definitely part of this Hawaiian history. So having said that, I have experienced some pretty clear to me reptile-like ETs, but I found them to be helpful and on the more positive end of the spectrum. But having said that, they are very intense and I could see how they would be intimidating and scary looking. I mean, if a being came up to you with a bunch of scales and slit eyes, you got to think about the way you see snakes or reptiles are kind of cool and quiet and sneaky. And there's a reason why humans feel uncomfortable with 
those kind of creatures on the planet. And in the same way, these ETs kind of embody that same kind of energy. So it can be very foreign and off-putting to people. So I, it makes me curious about what your dad actually experienced and if he was encountering some of these maybe reptilian type, especially if he was in the desert, which makes a lot of sense to me because that's kind of the type of beings, creatures that exist out there in the desert. And they do have kind of an intense, egoic, domineering type energy, but I don't think all of them are bad. That's a trip. I didn't even know that was a thing, but I, I did have a client. He was one of the clients that I felt was present as a human and then would go off in his alien life. And I told him, I said, when you leave and go off into your other dimensional life, you turn into this kind of reptilian looking person. And he said, oh yeah, I totally get that. But I didn't realize that that was a thing. There's a couple people that I've been like, oh, you're a reptilian. And they were like, yeah, I know. Like they didn't even yeah. question it. They were completely, they were just more relieved that I saw it. <laughs> could yeah, you imagine? It, it tripped me out way more than it tripped him out. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, finally somebody else knows, you know? So I do want to share uh, one interesting experience that I had um, early in 2019. I think it was about March or April of 2019. So we talked about ETs visiting you in dreams. And I've said I've had an infinite number of them, but there was this one dream that I had early in 2019. And to me, the moment I woke up, this was not a dream. And it's probably the one time in my entire dream reality that I woke up and was like, this was not a dream. But the dream was, was that I was in my house and it was nighttime and I was looking off my balcony and I saw two people walking in downstairs into my house. And I went downstairs and the door opened and this man starts walking in and he says, we're here to talk to you and we're going to step in the light very slowly so you can get used to what I look like. And I felt safe because they were emanating a very good energy. And he started to step into the moonlight that was coming in through the window. And as his face illuminated, I could see that he was this human. He was about five and a half feet tall, maybe. He had brown skin. He was bald. He had freckles on his face. I mean, I remember them in full detail. So he, he steps in. His eyes are a little bit abnormally large, but I was like, you could totally pass as human. If you were walking in a crowd, you would just think, oh, that's an interesting looking human. He totally had a spacesuit on, like Star Trek style like a unitard spacesuit looking thing. And he was emanating just this pure light of unconditional love towards me. And it was just so nourishing, nurturing and reassuring. I didn't feel threatened at all. And he walked slowly in the light. And I really took my time looking at every little hair and pore on his face. And he said, take a good look at me. I just want you to know we're real. And I want you to get used to what we look like so we don't frighten you. And, and so he came in. And then he said, now my friend wants to come in. And so his friend walked into the light and his friend was like a few inches shorter, little darker skin. His nose was a little bit wider. He had this thick black hair that looked sort of like a Dutch boy haircut, like he had bangs. And then it was like longer on the sides down to his chin. Same thing. He had this unitard spandex suit on and uh, he walked into the light very slowly and they were emanating such this vibration of love that I was couldn't help but love them back. 
could not help but want to give them that same quality of love right back to them. And so they came in and they said, we're here to go over the plan with you. And I said, okay. And so we sat down at my dining table and they started telling me everything that was about to happen. And every so often I would start to panic and I'd be like really scared at what they were telling me. He would reach out and touch my hand and he'd say, it's okay, calm down. Just look at me. Cause I would be like, this isn't happening. This isn't real. You're not really here. This is crazy because I didn't like the information that they were giving me. And he'd reach out and touch my hand and very calmly say, look at me, look at me very closely. We are real and we are here to give you the plan. It's okay. And so I would take a few minutes and I would look at every hair on their face, every pore on their face, the colors in their irises. I mean, I was looking at them in deep, intense detail. I was like looking at the fibers, the thread count in their clothes. Like I was like, okay, you're real, you're real. And then they would continue on with the plan. And so this happened a number of times for a couple hours. And then after they gave me the plan, they said, we have to go. And they got up and I gave them a big hug, big loving hug. And I thanked them for coming. And I asked them if if I was ever going to see them again. And they said, yes, you will. And they opened the door and they walked out and the door shut. And I opened my eyes and I was laying in my bed and it was daytime. And I immediately called Patty and I said, Patty, I don't know what just happened. I had a dream, but this was not a dream because I clearly remember about three hours of conversation. Like clearly it was, I could have timed it. It was three hours. I could not remember anything that they told me, which was odd. Because it's hard to say, I don't remember what they told me, yet I have a very clear distinction that three hours of conversation had passed. The only thing I remember was the emotional impulse I had for everything that they told me. And they told me that there were events that were going to unfold that were going to impact everybody on the planet. And the events that unfold got scarier and scarier and more intense to the point where I fully remember having a full panic. Like I jumped up from the table, like, no, I'm not listening to this. This isn't real. And then they said, don't worry because it's all leading us to this. And then they told me what was going to happen after we went through these number of intense and scary events. That's something so beyond our scope of understanding at this point now, which was going to be so beautiful and so amazing. And I remember being so exhilarated and happy and feeling so lucky that I was going to be here to experience that here on earth. And I couldn't wait for us to get there. But I fully understood by the end of this conversation that we needed to go through a number of very intense experiences, but not to worry and reassured me that it's leading to this way greater outcome. And it's probably the only reason this experience that I've been able to maintain any sort of calm through COVID and what's happening on the planet right now. So it was very intense and very beautiful. And I, I don't doubt I was granted a visitation. I wasn't meant to remember every detail because then I would spoil the surprise, but that is an experience that I've had. That's amazing, Jude. You and I have both got premonitions that this is a very potent time and very necessary for what we're going through to help us shift into a higher frequency. There are many, many psychics around the whole world that are getting that type of information as well. And thank you for sharing that because it helps me and helps us to be a little more hopeful during these intense and darker times right now. So thank you for that. Very beautiful. 
thank you for listening. And, um, you know, it really goes into alignment with something Patty and I are going to share with you on another podcast coming up about the Lemurians. So we're not going to go into too much detail about that now, but both Patty and I came into the experience of these beings we call Lemurians at the same time. We both got woke up to their existence together. And the messages that came to us at that point in time and watching the events as they've unfolded up until now has been completely in alignment to the direct messages we were getting years ago from them. So Patty and I are looking forward to sharing that, the whole of that experience in another podcast. Yes, definitely. And to close out Jude, how would you respond to people that are fearful of anything that has to do with ETs and extraterrestrials? How would you ease their minds? So I believe that the ETs have our best interest at heart. And I think that they want to see humanity come to a better place. And if they are revealing themselves to you, they probably see that you are ready to experience that. And those little tidbit moments that you're getting, seeing craft in the sky or feeling another consciousness around you that you believe to be advanced, these are all just kind of warming you up to what's coming. I believe that they're good and they have good intentions. If it is too intense and it is too frightening for you, tell them that. Tell them you're not ready. Tell them you're not into it. And I know that there are other people who are asking on the other end to receive more information for them and maybe frustrated that they're not getting it. I just want to say it's all in divine timing and it's all what you're ready to see or experience. Thank you for joining us on this episode. And we wanted to let you know that next month, July, is Spirit Speakers Podcast's first anniversary. It will have been a year since we put out our first podcast. And to celebrate that, we are going to do a Q&A podcast. And we are inviting you to send in any questions on any topics at all that you would like answered. And you can get a hold of us on Instagram at Spirit Speakers Podcast. And we are also at spiritspeakerspodcast.com. That's our landing page. Thank you for listening and spending the year with us. We really appreciate your participation and feedback. And I can't wait to answer some questions for you all on the next podcast. Until next time, aloha. Take care.